are listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes of the Mystical City of God by the Venerable Maria Vagrida. And you can discuss today's readings over on the Mystical City of God in a Year Facebook group page and interact with fellow listeners and readers and with me as well. Today is day number 69, and we are reading chapter 13 of book 2, Paragraphs 599-606. to 606. Chapter 13 Of the seven gifts of the Holy Ghost and how the Most Holy Mary made use of them. 599 The seven gifts of the Holy Ghost according to the light given to me on the subject seem to me to add something to the virtues to which they refer. And because they superadd to them, they must also differ from them, although they pursue the same object. Every benefit conferred by the Lord can be called a gift flowing from his hand, although it may only be a natural benefit. But here we do not speak of the gifts of God included in this wide sense of the word, not even of the infused virtues and gifts. For not all persons who possess one or more virtues have the gifts pertaining to those virtues, or at least they do not reach that degree of virtue, that they can be called perfect gifts, such as those mentioned by Isaiah and referred to by the doctors of the church. Isaiah says the Holy Ghost rested upon Christ our Lord, Isaiah 11.2, enumerating seven graces which commonly are called gifts of the Holy Ghost, namely the spirit of wisdom and intellect, the spirit of counsel and fortitude, the spirit of science and piety and fear of the Lord. These gifts were in the most holy soul of Christ, overflowing from the divinity to which it was hypostatically united, just as the water is in the fountain flowing from it and communicating itself to other places. For we all partake of the waters of the Savior, Isaiah 12.3, grace for grace, gift for gift, John 1.16, and in him are hidden the treasures of divine wisdom and science, Colossians 2.1.600. The gifts of the Holy Ghost correspond to the virtues to which they are related, and although not all teachers agree in their doctrines about their correspondence, there can be no difference of opinion in regards to the end or purpose of these gifts, which is none else than to give a special kind of perfection to the faculties for the performance of exalted and heroic acts of virtue. The excellence of these gifts must principally include and consist of some specially strong inspiration or influence of the Holy Ghost, which overcomes with greater efficacy the impediments and moves the free will with greater force, so that man be not remiss in his actions but may proceed with great fortitude and with all perfection in those things to which that particular gift pertains. All this the free will cannot attain without being illumined and sustained by a specially efficacious and powerful influence of the Holy Ghost, which impels him sweetly and pleasingly to follow the Enlightenment and freely to execute and accomplish what the will under the efficacious influence of the Holy Ghost undertakes. Romans 8 Therefore, this impulse is called instinct of the Holy Ghost. For although the will acts freely and without compulsion, yet in these operations it is much like a voluntary instrument, and seems to be one because it acts less under the guidance of common prudence, as in other virtues, although it does not act with less intelligence or liberty. 601. I will try to make myself understood to a certain degree, by referring to two different faculties of the will that are called into action, drawing the will to pursue virtue. The one is its own inclination or attraction toward the good, 
moving or stirring in it the same way as gravity causes the stone to fall or lightness makes the fire ascend toward its center. This inclination of the will is increased more or less by the custom or habits of virtue, and the same is to be said in their degree about the habits of vice. For being drawn by love, the will moves freely and of its own accord. The other faculty is that of the intellect, which is an enlightenment in regard to virtue, by which the will directs itself to determining its course of action. And this enlightenment is proportionate with the habits and the operations of the will. For the ordinary acts, prudence, and whatever deliberation it inspires are sufficient. But for the more exalted operations, it requires a higher and superior enlightenment and incitement that of the Holy Ghost, such as is given by the seven gifts. Since charity and grace is a supernatural habit which depends on the divine will in the same way as the ray depends upon the sun, therefore charity is accompanied by a particular influence of the divinity, by which it is moved to pursue the rest of the virtues and good habits of the will, and much more so when this charity is reinforced by the gifts of the Holy Ghost. 602. Therefore it seems to me that I perceive in the gifts of the Holy Ghost a certain special enlightenment, in which the intellect remains in a large extent merely passive, as far as moving the will is concerned. In the will, at the same time, there is a certain perfection of its habits, which inclines it to most heroic acts in a manner far above the ordinary forces of virtuousness. As the movements of a stone, if another impulse beside gravity is added, are much accelerated, so the impulse of the will toward virtue is stronger and more excellent if it is acted upon by the gifts. The gift of wisdom communicates to the soul a certain kind of taste by which it can distinguish the divine from the human without error, throwing all its influence and weight in all things against those inclinations which arise from human ignorance and folly. This gift is related to charity. The gift of intellect serves to penetrate into the understanding of divine things and gives a knowledge of them overwhelmingly, superior to the ignorance and slowness of the natural intellect while that of science searches the most obscure mysteries and creates perfect teachers to oppose human ignorance. These two gifts are related to faith. The gift of counsel guides, directs, and restrains man within the rules of prudence and his inconsiderate activity. It is closely related to this its own virtue. That of fortitude expels disorderly fear and gives strength to human weakness. It is superadded to the cardinal virtue of that nature. Piety makes the heart kind, takes away its hardness, and softens it against its own impiety and stubbornness. It is related to religion. The fear of God lovingly humiliates the soul in opposition to pride and is allied to humility. 603. In the Most Holy Mary were all the gifts of the Holy Ghost as in one who was undoubtedly capable of and entitled to them. For she was the mother of the divine word, from whom the Holy Ghost, the giver of them, proceeds. Moreover, since these gifts were to correspond to her dignity of mother of God, it follows that they were in her a measure proportionate to that dignity, and as different from that of all the rest of the creatures, as her position of mother of God excels that of ordinary creatures. This was necessary also because she enjoyed at the same time impeccability while the other creatures stand in such a distant relation to the Holy Spirit, not only on account of their common sin, but on account of their place in creation, having no such proximity to the Holy Ghost. If these gifts existed in Christ our Redeemer and Lord, as in their fountainhead, they were in Mary, as in a lake or ocean, 
from whence they are distributed over all creation. For from her superabundance they overflow into the whole church. This is referred to by Solomon in the book of Proverbs. When wisdom is made to say that she builds for herself a house on seven pillars, and in it she prepares the table, mixes the wine, and invites the little ones and the uninstructed ones, drawing and raising them up from their childhood to teach them prudence. Proverbs 9, 1, 2. I will not stop to expiate on this, but every Catholic knows that Most Holy Mary was this magnificent mansion of the Most High, built up in strength and beauty on these seven pillars of the gifts, so that in this mystic palace might be held the banquet of the whole church. In Mary was prepared the table at which all were uninstructed little ones. Children of Adam may become satiated with the activities and gifts of the Holy Ghost. 604. When speaking of these gifts as acquired by the discipline and the exercise of virtue and the conquest of the contrary vices, the first place must be assigned to fear of God. In regard to Christ, Isaiah begins by mentioning the gift of wisdom, the highest one, because Christ received them as the master and as the head and not as a disciple. In the same order, we are to consider them in Most Holy Mary, for in gifts she was made more similar to her Most Holy Son than other creatures. The gift of wisdom confers a certain enlightenment, like a second taste by which the intellect, as it were, tastes the hidden truth and searches into the highest and ultimate causes of things, while the will, with the same taste of truth and the highest good, distinguishes the real good from the apparent good without fail. For he is truly wise who perceives without mistake the true good in order to taste of it, and who tastes it in perceiving it. This taste of wisdom consists in rejoicing in the highest good by an intimate union of love, upon which follows the savoring and relishing of the particular good gained and realized by the exercise of the virtues inferior to love. Therefore, he is not called wise, who merely perceives truth in a speculative manner, although he may find delight in that pursuit, nor is he called wise who practices virtue merely for the sake of obtaining a knowledge of it, and still less he who practices it for other reasons. But he that perceives the highest and the true good, and in it, and for it also the minor truths, and who on account of the relish of this truth acts with a sincere and unitive love of that good, is the one who will be truly wise. This perception or knowledge is supplied to wisdom by the gift of intellect, which precedes and accompanies it, and which consists in an intimate penetration into the divine truths, and the perception of all that can be reduced and paved the way toward them. For the Spirit searches the profound things of God, as the Apostle says, 1 Corinthians 2.10.605. This same spirit will be necessary in order to understand and in order to explain, to a certain extent, the gifts of wisdom and intellect possessed by Mary, the Empress of Heaven. The impetus of the river, which was withheld by the highest goodness for so many central ages, rejoiced this city of God by its flow, and through an habitation of the only begotten of the Father and herself, completely filled her most holy soul so that it seemed, according to our way of speaking, as if the infinite oceans of the divinity were drained into the sea of wisdom, as soon as she was capable of invoking the spirit of wisdom. And in order that she might invoke him, he came to her, that she might learn wisdom without guile and communicate it without envy. Wisdom 7.13 This she also did, for by means of her wisdom, the light of the world, the eternal incarnate word, manifested itself to the world. 
This most wise virgin knew in her wisdom the arrangement of the whole world and the powers of the elements, wisdom 717, and beginning the middle and the end of time with its mutations, the course of the stars, the nature of the animals, the fury of the wild beasts, the powers of the winds, the dispositions and thoughts of men, the virtues of plants, herbs, trees, fruits, and roots, the hidden and occult things beyond all thoughts of men, the mysterious ways of the Most High. All this Mary, our Queen, knew, and she delighted in it through the wisdom which she drew from her, its original fountain, and which was embodied in all her thoughts. 606. Thence did she receive that vapor of the power of God, and the bright emanation of his pure charity, which made her immaculate and preserved her from the pollution which stains the soul, and on account she remained a mirror without blur, reflecting the majesty of God. Thence did she draw the spirit of intelligence, belonging to wisdom, a spirit holy, single, manifold, subtle, eloquent, active, undefiled, sure, sweet, loving, the good, without impediment, beneficent, gentle, kind, steadfast, assured, secure, having all power, overseer of all things, and understanding all things with clearness, and with a subtlety, reaching from one end to the other. Wisdom 7.22 All these qualities which the wise man mentions as belonging to the spirit of wisdom were in a singularly perfect manner the property of Mary most holy, secondary only to the manner in which they were possessed by her only begotten. Together with the wisdom came to her all good, wisdom 7.11, and in all her works she was led on by these high gifts of wisdom and intellect. By them she was governed in the exercise of all the rest of her virtues, being, as it were, saturated with this incomparable wisdom. This concludes our reading today from the Mystical City of God for Day 69. Today we are reading from Chapter 13 of Book 2, and we read Paragraphs 599, to 606. Well, today we hear in our reading the connection between the virtues that we have just reflected upon to great lengths over the past several days to now the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And remember that one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is courage or fortitude, and that was one of the virtues. And so the Holy Spirit comes into our life and makes these virtues even better, that we can live the virtuous life as we call upon the Holy Spirit. Now think about these gifts of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom and intellect, the spirit of counsel and fortitude, the spirit of science and piety, and the fear of God. So the the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit can be broken down into the reality that the first deal with that of the intellect or the mind, and the second deal with that of the will, of our choices, of what we choose to do. Wisdom and intellect, or wisdom and knowledge, well, these are things that come to us from God. They enlighten us. And understanding as well, that's another one that refers to the intellect. And so we need to make use of these gifts of the Holy Spirit in our own life. Talking about virtue and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the impulse of the will toward virtue is stronger and more excellent if it is acted upon by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so coming to realize and know these gifts of the Holy Spirit and what they mean, and we'll continue reading about them tomorrow, and so we're going to grasp the depths of them, and then we're even going to get that lesson from Mary, what it means, 
and how maybe we can apply it to our own life. So we want to become aware of these gifts so that our virtuous living might continue, that we might attain it all the more. We know that Mary was favored by God, and so Mary receives these gifts of the Holy Spirit in a more pure way than we'll ever receive them in virtue of her immaculate conception. And again, we hear one of these images that I just love, the fact that Mary was filled with these things so much so that they overflow, and they overflow to us, and we can receive this overabundance of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our own life by the powerful intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the mystical city of God. I'm grateful that you joined me today, and I hope that you'll join me again tomorrow. May God bless you today, and Mary pray for you.